0: Good morning, The Creek. Great to be with you. Uh, Good morning, Somerset. How y'all doing over there? Big cheer from Somerset. Nice and loud. And Williamsburg. I hear you guys are the rowdy bunch at Williamsburg. And The Creek here. Come on. Base camp. Let's shout it out. How y'all doing? Yeah. Hope y'all heard that and felt that. Listen, it is so great to see you. And I want you to do me a big favor at all the campuses, all locations. I want you to turn to somebody nearby and say, it's great to see you. Go ahead, turn and say, it's great to see you at Somerset, at Williamsburg. It's great to see you. It's great to see you. And then I want you to, to look up here for a moment. I'm going to ask you a question. I want you to think for a moment of someone that you learned much from. Did you learn more from that person by what they said to you or by what they showed you? Did you think more Learn more from that person by what they said to you or by what they showed you. And today I'm sharing a message on prayer habits and so I couldn't help but think of someone who role modeled for me in my life the habit of prayer. And I thought of my grandfather, Charles DiPietro. DiPietro, isn't that a good Italian name? Yes, because I'm Italian, which means my love language is food. And so a year ago this past May, I picked up the phone to call my grandfather to wish him a 100th happy birthday. So I called, and my grandmother answered the phone, and I'm calling from Florida to my grandparents' house. You know when you call your grandparents, you have to talk a little bit louder? Like, hi, this is Timmy. She still calls me Timmy. Hi, this is Timmy calling from Florida. Is Grampy home? Who is it? It's your grandson, Timmy. You know, you're yelling at your grandmother, you feel terrible. Mr. Grandson Timmy calling from Florida, I want to wish Grampy a happy 100th birthday. And she says to me, well, Grampy's not home right now. He's outside cutting the grass. (laughs) Hello, testing one, two, three. He's 100 people, and he's outside cutting the grass. I mean, I'm 46. I don't want to cut the grass. (laughs) And I said, well, Grandma, can I call back a little bit later to wish him a happy 100th birthday? And she said something I'll never forget. As a matter of fact, for the record, I recorded this conversation. It's online, and I'll treasure it forever. She said to me, um, it's going to be a little while, because he decided to cut the grass for the widow neighbor next door. You see, my grandfather did not need to tell me, go love your neighbor. He showed me. That loving your neighbor mattered to him. And then as a young kid, I would go spend the weekends at Grandma and Grandpa's house down at the lakefront in Sterling, Massachusetts. And you know when you're staying at Grandma and Grandpa's house, it's like a vacation. You want to sleep in and be woken up to the smell of pancakes and bacon. And so I slip out of the room finally for breakfast and I see my grandfather kneeling down at his blue recliner where he would pray. You see, my grandfather did not need to tell me that prayer mattered to him. He showed me, he showed me. And so this morning, we're gonna talk about prayer habits and we're gonna see how, because it's good to see you, we're gonna see how Jesus modeled the habit of prayer in his life. And we could, we could talk about a lot of people from scripture that we could elevate their story like Daniel and how he prayed even during opposition and persecution. Or Hannah, in her woes and worries, she still cried out to God, and God eventually gave her the gift of child. Or Paul, the great missionary, even in prison, he invited believers and Christians to join him in prayer. And we can see how prayer mattered in their lives. But today, we open up Scripture and we turn to the Gospel of Mark. And in the Gospel of Mark, it's really an account of Jesus' ministry showing us what He did more than telling us what He said. And so as you turn this morning, and that was no joke at Somerset and Williamsburg and here at London to look at someone and say, it's it's great to see you. Because for the record, my life and your life speaks more by what we do and more by what people see. And so I wanna turn this morning to the book of Mark chapter one, verse 35. And there's a scripture that I want us to read together aloud. At all campuses, would you join and? And let's read this together aloud in Mark chapter one, verse 35, in your deepest, most powerful voice. Let's read together. Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. Dear God, I thank you for each person gathered here this morning at the creek at multiple campuses and online, And as we read your scripture that is speaking to us today, dear Lord, may we not just know it, but may we obey it and may we live it for your glory. And all God's people said, amen. As we highlight some of this one verse that we're going to unpack today in this message on prayer habits, it says, now in the morning, everyone say morning. Now in the morning, it just reminds us that this is daily that we are to pray. Even the scriptures teach us that heaven hears our prayers before our mouth speaks a word. Daily we are to pray. Early in the morning, having risen. Now that word, everyone say risen. Risen. One more time, risen. Risen. So I have attempted to pray in the horizontal position, um, but, but I would tell Zach and the worship team that when I have attempted to pray in the horizontal position is followed by a worship song that sounds a lot like snoring, okay? So Jesus modeled for us having risen a long while before daylight. He went. Everyone say went. We'll talk about that intention in just a moment. He went out and he departed to a solitary place. Everyone say solitary. solitary. One more time. Solitary. solitary. I want to ask a question and I'll be the first to raise my hand in confession at Williamsburg, Somerset online, if you're watching here at London, do you live a distracted life? I'm the first one to raise my hand. I mean, when it comes to mobile devices, online life schedules, calendars, travel, whatever it may be. I was talking to a friend of mine recently about the Lord's Prayer. You're familiar with the Lord's Prayer. In the middle it says, and lead us not into temptation. And the conversation went like this. You know, a lot of followers of Christ, when you ask the question, what are temptations, you get a list of all these things you shouldn't do and the things you should do and the don'ts and the do's. And and he said, but what if temptation was just distraction, distraction? What is it that distracts you and me from focusing our heart's affection and our mind's attention on God? And so Jesus here models for us that he departed to a what kind of place? Say it with me again, all campuses solitary place because in that solitary place we're able to remove the distractions and there he prayed today's message is titled prayer habits intentionally because the word habits show us what mattered to someone they show us what mattered to somebody and here in mark chapter 1 verse 35 we see what matters to Jesus Prayer mattered to Jesus. And if prayer mattered to Jesus, prayer should matter to us. If prayer mattered to Jesus, then prayer should matter to us. I want to give us a real simple definition of what a habit is. A habit is a slow and steady pursuit over time. It's a slow and steady pursuit over time. And so today I want to unpack this by sharing with us three keys to establishing the habit of prayer in our lives. And the first key to establishing the habit of prayer that Jesus modeled for us and showed us in Mark chapter 1 verse 35 is to start with intention. The goal is not a specific result. The goal is to become a specific person. And Jesus showed us and modeled for us that he was becoming a praying person. A praying person is who we want to become. I'm not asking us this morning to pray more. I'm asking us to become who Jesus modeled and he was a praying person. So I am not a professional athlete, okay? (laughs) I'm not a professional athlete, unless you consider miniature golf a professional sport. So yeah, at all campuses here in this room, I want you to raise your hand if you are a runner. Anyone here running? Like to run, anyone runners? Come on, raise your hand, I see runners, yes. Athletes, crazy, yes. So runners, they want to become a specific person. They want to be a runner. So guess what runners do? They put on running shoes, right? They don't run in boots, right? You know, some run barefoot, we'll talk about them later. But then there were runners that aspire to become even a different type of runner. The person they want to become is a marathon runner. And I talked to friends of mine who are marathon runners and they'll share with me their habits because I love talking to athletes about habits because the habits produce the goal they want to see. And they'll tell me about their food regimens and their sleeping patterns and how they train and run in groups. By the way, not a bad idea to pray in groups. And so these habits show us what matters to them. If they want to be a runner. They follow through with all these habits in their lives to become the specific person they want to be. And so today, may we start with that intention to become a praying person. The second key to establishing the habit of prayer in our lives is to show up. Everyone say, show up. up. One more time, show up. up. You walked through the doors at the creek today and you didn't ask the question, hey, what's gonna happen? You just show up, because as we show up, God gets to show off, and starting small is the best way to build a habit. You know, it's just put down the soda and pick up the water. Just show up at the gym and open the door. Guess what, you'll end up working out. And so Jesus modeled for us in Mark chapter 1, verse 35, as he would go to a place, he showed up in solitary, and there he prayed. In the Psalms, the word for prayer that's used frequent is the word meditate. I really love that word because it really helps us kind of hone in a bit more on the depth of what it means for us to set our heart's affection and our mind's attention on God, to keep removing those distractions because we do live a distracted life. So may we go to a place. I don't know where that place may be for you. It may be the backyard. It may be a walk around the block. For me at home, I have some quirky routines, and I like chairs, okay? So I have a chair that I go to to read. I have a chair I go to for writing. I do a lot of writing for our organization. And then I have a prayer chair. Well, little did I know that this year, as I turned the calendar page for 2019, I made prayer my word for the year. And then my wife was leaving her job, and I found myself in that chair as she was seeking new work. And then it got a little bit more serious when she came in and said, hey, can I get an allowance? I'm like, I'm in the prayer chair more, you know? Lord, give her a job. We've got two dogs to feed. Uh, any dog lovers here today? Any? All right, all right, that's right. Thank you very much, because my kids have grown. You know, they're in college and life's good, but we have two German short-haired pointers at home, Duke and Daisy, shout out to the dog lovers. They're German short-haired pointers. That's right, that's exactly what I said, Somerset. You heard that correct, Williamsburg, because when, when you have a German short-haired pointer, people tell you, oh, that dog's crazy. When you tell them you have two of them, they're like, ah, oh, no, you're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so I found myself in this prayer chair. And when you're praying for your spouse, I mean, you're like, you're praying. And all I kept hearing in my heart and in my mind as I prayed for my wife to find work was from the Lord. I already have it figured out. And so when I heard that, I'm thinking, whoa, if God has it already figured out, download the plan, because you know, we can do it. You can help, I'm gonna show up at breakfast tomorrow and give her the plan, right men? Can I talk to the gentleman for a moment? Like you wanna like show up with all the plans. So I prayed a little bit harder, a little bit longer, and all I kept feeling in my heart and in my mind was, I already have it figured out. Do you know when we go to that place, and we begin to pray, and we begin to meditate, do you know what we begin to find as God shows off? Is we find a peace that passes all understanding. Because our Heavenly Father already has it figured out. He already has it figured out, so may we go to the place. Even Jesus prayed to His Heavenly Father, would you take this cup away from me? The burden was so great on the journey He was on. To restore redemption. (coughs) But God already had it figured out. So I don't know what your prayer is this morning. I don't know what that deep need and, and concern you may have in your life. But I can say with confidence today that God already has it figured out. And the third key to establishing the habit of prayer in our lives is to stick with it. Everyone say stick with it. Consistency over time actually is the habit. Okay, here's some breaking news for you all. Do you want to know when a habit ends? It's the day you stop it. Aren't you glad you came for that? I mean, that was free, right? And so it's best not to break it consecutively days in a row. You know, so if you haven't gone to the place or found that time to meditate and pray, just, just pick it up again. Because just as there are consequences for bad habits, there are rewards for good ones. And the consistency over time as we pray is the reward is that we see answered prayers. We see answered prayers. Now let me, let me pause for a moment. You're going to say, well, Tim, well, how does God answer prayers? Can you unpack that mystery? Sure. Well, let's do it. As I comb through scripture, seeking to see how God answered prayers, you know what I bump into? You ready for this? I bump into people. So my question to you and me today is, how will you and I become the answered prayer in someone's life? How will you and I become the answered prayer in someone's life? Did you hear the story of when Jesus was on the mountainside and there was the miracle of feeding the 5,000? Did you hear that story? Did you hear it? Come on, get a response. Did you hear that story? Yes. But did you hear the story about the boy? The boy that day who gave away his five loaves and two fishes. You see, that day, that boy, that little boy was the answered prayer. And the lives of those people scattered across that hillside. But we'll talk about the miracle and this great work that happened. But there was someone who stepped into the story of a friend or a neighbor or a coworker and said, Hey, you may never remember my name, but you showed up and you became the answered prayer in their lives. I hope for that for you and me, because I gotta tell you, when Jesus stepped into my life, and if you don't know Jesus yet personally, when Jesus steps into your life, he becomes an answered prayer, because the hearts and the wounds of our lives are crying out for hope and help. And today, if you don't know Jesus' personally, I hope that you say yes to Jesus and let him become your answered prayer. And so today, I just want to encourage us, as we show the habit of prayer in our lives as Jesus modeled, by starting with that intention to be a specific person, to become a praying person, as we continue to show up and go to the place and find that peace that passes all understanding, as we Stick with it and have consistency over time because consistency over time is the habit. One of the things I appreciate so much about your pastor, Trevor, is that this past April, he celebrated 15 years of leading and serving this church as lead pastor. Isn't that awesome? 15 years? Man, I'm telling you, that consistency over time shows that habit and the calling in his life to preach the gospel and share the good news and the hope that Jesus brings to lives. And so for you and I today, may we establish this habit of prayer in our lives, but I need to let you know we need to prepare for this because this is a spiritual work. A lot of times you see physical stuff. You see guitars jamming and you see people speaking and you see kids being cared for and students having a fabulous time. But this is all collectively a spiritual work. So we need to open up our heart and our mind to prepare for this. This is a spiritual work. It's not just a physical work. And then we need to be used of God as we prepare to have the habit of prayer in our lives. We need to listen for his promptings. You see, my father passed away 12 years ago, and we spent a lot of time overseas in Haiti. And my dad would turn to me and say often, Timothy, the most important time in your life is the moment you were used by God. And that moment for you and I is when we, we feel that tap on the shoulder or that, that little awakening in our heart or the whisper in our ears to, to, to show up in someone's life and become that answered prayer. It may be today you're out to lunch and you feel like, oh, I gotta double down on my tip today for some reason. And what you don't realize is that you're, you're responding to a prompting. Or somebody is put on your heart and your mind and you text them and say, hey, you just came to my heart and my mind today. How can I be praying for you, Ryan? How can I be praying for you? And all of a sudden, those promptings turn into moments that God gets to show off because you're being used of God. And then the third way that we prepare to have the habit of prayer in our lives is that when we see God answered prayer, we give God the glory, that his name will be lifted up. You see, at home the phone rang one day and on the other end of the call was this lady who asked for my wife and she asked a very profound question that day. She said, are you happy doing what you're doing? And my wife responded, I'm actually looking for work. She goes, well, as a matter of fact, you remember me. I worked for you at another company. We have an opening. Would you come interview? So my wife flew off to Dallas. She had the interview with this medical company. Comes back home. Little did we know that day when that call rang, that lady became the answer prayer in our life my wife found this new job. And so that next morning at breakfast, I didn't show up at breakfast and rip open my shirt and show my prayer warrior T-shirt. Like, hey, 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 I'm the prayer warrior. Yeah, I was going to the chair. God already had it figured out. Ah, no. It's to God be the glory. May his name be lifted up. And so in your life and in my life, as we become a praying person and we go to the place and we stick with it, and we see God answer prayers and we see him do, do something supernatural and spiritual in our lives. May we give him the glory. Because in Mark chapter one, verse 35, we see this model here that now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out. So may we do that. When we depart from here today, we're gonna, we're gonna go out to different places and wherever you go, may you pray in that solitary place. And may God use us as we pray and set our heart's affection and our mind's attention on God because we do live a distracted life. And I was actually leaving Orlando, Florida to do a road trip, 14 hour road trip in the car, driving all the way up to Nashville, Tennessee from Orlando, Florida. And I took the long road because I was gonna head through Chattanooga because they have great tacos (laughs) in Chattanooga. And I'm driving out of Florida. It takes forever to cross the border into Georgia. And finally you cross the border into Georgia. You're like, whoa, that took eight hours. I get into Georgia. Now, we're just family here. Let me, let me just be transparent. I'm coughing. I'm not feeling well. And the color of the phlegm is changing, okay? I, yeah, thank you, right? Just getting real with y'all, okay? So I call my wife, because there are two voices in my head, gods and my wife's. So I call my wife to check in and say, hey, beautiful, there's an issue. And she's a registered nurse. The color has changed. She said, you have an infection. You need to go to an urgent care. I'm like, I don't know where I'm at. She goes, open the map, search for urgent care. So literally, I could not tell you today which city I was in in Georgia, but I found myself off an exit into a plaza and in the back of this urgent care. And uh, they had me stand on a scale. And after I stepped off that humiliating experience, they took my four vital signs. You see, today, if you would drop to the floor and EMT showed up, the first thing they would do is they would evaluate how alive you are by taking your vital signs. They would t- take your respiration rate. They would take your pulse rate. They would take your blood pressure. Oh, man, there's one more I'm forgetting now. Thank you, your temperature. I always got to remember that one because they had to stick something in your mouth. Or Remember they used to put it under your armpits? That was crazy, huh? Yeah? But they would take your vital signs to see how alive you are. Friends, let me tell you this morning, spiritually, prayer is our vital sign of spiritual health. Without it, we're dead. Because the more that I look at the life of Jesus, who modeled for us the habit of prayer, I look a little bit closer at him, and Jesus went to a cross. And on that cross, there he prayed. And then I lean in a little bit closer to the habit of prayer in the life of Christ. And I see that he died on that cross praying. Now friends, today's a big day for me to be here at the Creek because yesterday I flew here from Massachusetts where yesterday was the funeral for my grandfather, 101. He passed away leaving me what I could see now, that prayer mattered to him. His wife is still living. My grandmother's 99. And uh, yesterday I went to hug my grandmother. She came in with my mom. And through tears, my grandmother said to me, I want him back. I want to take him home with me. You see, they were married for 80 years. And all I could think of is, wow, what did they show each other in their lifetime? And as we go from here today, all I can think about is the habits of our lives will show those around us what matter to us. I don't wanna be the person that says cool things. I wanna be the person that lives and does things that make a difference. Go ahead and forget my name. Just on my epitaph right, that was fun, okay? So will we go here this morning, would you go from this place this morning and become a praying person, because here at the creek, there's been a vision that God has placed upon this house of worship, is that God would give us Kentucky. And just as that is a vision, may that be our prayer, that as we go to the place in solitary that we would pray, God, would you give us Kentucky? That is our vision. It's not just a prayer, it's a vision, because God loves the people that he is surrounding us with. So I want to invite us at all campuses in here today, this morning, would we all stand together and I would like to pray over us a prayer of setting our heart's affection and our mind's attention on God that we would become a praying person. Let's pray together. Dear God, I thank you for my friends here at the creek. God, may our lives show what matter to you as we love and serve our friends, our coworkers, our neighbors, the community, the state of Kentucky. God, give us Kentucky. This is our prayer and our vision. But God, as I look across this auditorium and at each campus, Father, may you give us that supernatural strength to become a praying person. Lead us to show up to the place where we can remove the distractions and pray. And God, give us the passion to stick with it. That we would give you all the glory. In Jesus' name. I love y'all. God bless you.